You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., episode number 316. Yeah, you know, so number one, you have to have the mindset that don't let anybody ever convince you if you're trying to get into this business that there will be no deals. That is a lie. There will always be deals in the real estate market. Whether or not you're cold calling to get them or doing direct mail or Facebook or texting people or you're having to go door to door. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. Investor Grit presents Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. You're listening to another episode here on Wholesaling Inc. My name is Cody Hoffheim. I'll be hosting today's episode. And today we have a rock star rhino that's going to share his story. Today we have Mr. Bo Hollis. You guys might have seen him a lot on Facebook. You might have seen him share how he's doing wholesaling. The guy is just a rock star. But I also want to give each one of you hope that are listening right now. Maybe you're at the beginning stages or maybe you haven't done your first deal. This story today is going to touch you. It's going to connect with you because there was a point where Bo was actually going to walk away from wholesaling. And so he's going to share with us today, what was it that got him through his tough times, his difficult times, so that he could achieve the goals that he wanted to achieve and live the life that he wanted to live. Bo is from Louisville, Kentucky. He's been wholesaling now for almost three and a half years, has done 200 plus wholesale deals. In fact, something that's worthy of noting, 33 deals in one month. That is something nor Tom or I probably combined have ever done in a month. And this guy's done it in one month. And he's going to deep dive story, share with you right now. So it won't be just high level stuff. For those listening to this episode, It will deep dive the beginning stages, the hard, the trials, the challenges that each one of us face getting into wholesaling. So, Bo, my man, how the heck are you? What's up, Cody? How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. Dude, I I, I think nowadays, not only do I just look at some of the things you're doing wholesaling, I feel like at least every Sunday or at least once a week, I'm catching you on like smoking some kind of barbecue, doing some kind of amazing brisket. And I'm sitting there taking note on you like, okay, how do I do this brisket now? We got to do this many hours. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, you know what's so funny is that I get so many people who connect with me, whether it's on Instagram or Facebook. And, you know, they, I get more people following me for barbecue stuff than I really do real estate because I don't talk about real estate. I talk about barbecue. <laughs> Bro, it's like, Wholesaling is kind of just a way to uh, to just uh, barbecue more. I, I I feel like it's like you've done so good at, it, but it's like real passion right here, baby. Is is I can cook a yeah. Wholesaling is my side gig. Rib. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Wholesaling is my side gig. Barbecue and cooking is my real real passion. <laughs> so <laughs> I, yeah, I fund the uh, elaborate meals with wholesaling. Well, Bo, take us back and kind of give us maybe a fill in the gaps from what I was just sharing just now with the audience. Help them understand a little bit more about you, and then we're going to get right into this and and share your story, because I know your story is going to resonate. It's going to connect with a lot of people. So fill the gaps. Help us understand a little bit more about Bo. Yeah, man. So I'm currently 35 years old, and I just had a birthday. 
And, you know, I've been married 12 years, have two boys. One is about to be seven, another is four and a half, and uh, live a very normal dad life. And, <laughs> and I have for a while. And, you know, it's, it's funny. Yeah, I'm just a regular guy. You know, a lot of times, you know, you, like you say, you see me posting barbecue stuff. <laughs> you never really see me posting about real estate uh, too much. Uh, unless it's to my local community here. Yep. Uh, most things are barbecue or family related. And every once in a while, I'll post some real estate stuff. But, uh, you know, backing up a couple of years, you know, several years back is uh, one day I was mowing grass and I had this uh, 60 inch skag riding lawnmower. I was mowing grass and I was listening to Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And uh, I-, I was just riding and it, something hit me out of that book, right? I think that's like the quintessential book that people have to listen to sure. to have a mindset change. Um, and I think everybody who's had any level of success in real estate has said that book has changed their life. So Agreed. And I was listening to that book. And I, at the time, I was an, an insurance broker and I ran a life insurance sales agency and trained people how to sell life insurance for companies like Mutual of Omaha, Transamerica. I was very successful at that business. And I had, you know, at one point, you know, 20, 20 or so agents working for me and uh, did a lot of a lot of business there. I was recognized nationally as one of the top salespeople uh, in our company and with Mutual of Omaha nationally. I had written a lot of business and trained people how to sell stuff. And that was taking a toll on me. And I was listening to this book and I had uh, said to myself, I stopped the mower, turned it off and said, I'm going to quit my job. And <laughs> that thought was really real for me. And so I called a buddy of mine and he said, have you heard uh, about wholesaling? And I knew he had done some deals in real estate. I really had no idea about real estate at the time. I lived in an apartment and you know, I never even bought a home ever. And just the idea was scary to me. <laughs> so you know, I was like, oh my gosh. So I, so my friend was like, yeah, have you heard about wholesaling? I'm like, no, I have no idea what that is. And so he's like, listen to this podcast with this guy named Tom Kroll. You like him. So I started listening, and this is in the spring, I think, of 2016. I started listening to the podcast, and I was thinking, man, these guys, you know, they're not smarter than me. You know, that's the way I, you know, I was thinking, man, these guys aren't like some genius. Amen, like, by the way. Amen oh. to this. So I'm just thinking, you know, these guys aren't smarter. They haven't done what I've done. And, and I don't say that in like an arrogant way. I just saying like, you know, so I'm thinking, you know, I can do this. So a while goes and I listen to every podcast at least two times. And then Sean Terry's podcast, at least like all of them. In every podcast I could find in between. And I was like, okay, I like Tom. And he seems like a very energetic type individual. So I'm going to pick up the phone and call him. So at the time, I was you know, still training people for life insurance. So I, I took the call with uh, one of the people to do that, right? I, I'm not really sure the inner workings of that at yeah. this point still. Yeah. But somebody called me and um, you know, basically convinced me. Well, they didn't really have to convince me. I was already convinced. So I thought. And then I hopped on and I was like, hey, I'm doing this. So I go tell my wife, I take her to a steak dinner because at the time I was making probably with insurance about 200, maybe a little more. Here's something interesting I think you're, you're sharing is mm-hmm. most people would think you had the life of a dream. Like most people are listening to this thinking, well, Bo, what was wrong with that? Like 200 grand, like you were making great money. What was it that wasn't working for you. What was it that was making it where you were still unhappy, even though to most people they'd think, oh man, I'll be unhappy if I can make 200 grand. Yeah. That's a good thought, you know, that, that you might think that if you make more money, you're going to be, you know, as your money goes up, so does your happiness. 
And I will say that's a false. That's not true. You're not going to be significantly more happy if you make, you know, your lifestyle might change a little bit, but you're not going to be significantly happier, you know, by making more money. Yeah. So, was the work you know, still not something you're passionate about? Like you were no. good at it, by the way. And this, this, might, this is tough for me to talk about. Like what got me was like back in 2015, before I even started uh, wholesaling or doing this, I was, you know, still selling insurance. We were pregnant. My wife was pregnant with our second son. And we found out that he, while he was still in the womb, we found out that he had a heart defect and that he would have to have emergency open heart surgery, like right when he was born. And he ended up having to have uh, a major open heart surgery. You know, he almost died from that. And it put me in debt uh, over $1 million. I remember sitting there. I remember we finally got home a month later and on our kitchen table, like we just got out of the hospital a month later, I stand on a chair because our table was a bigger table and I'd stacked up all the medical bills and it was, we added it up and it was over a million dollars in medical bill debt. And I was just, we laughed, me and my wife were laughing together. And I was like, no one could take care of this. You know, who in the world could pay this kind of money? Even if you make a ton of money and I still feel that way now, that's, but that's another story, you know, like who can pay for this? So on the inside, and is this uh, while you were working your with life insurance, insurance still, yeah. this is when this yeah. all so took I, place. Okay. Yes. So I it was like a hustle. I had to be gone all the time. I was training people. I was never spending time at home with my family and my son who was, had a heart problem. And I was just broke on the inside. It was really, really a struggle for me mentally thinking like, Hey, what if something happens to my son? I'm not home. I'm traveling with this insurance gig. And it was really a struggle for me. But at the same time, it was, it was stable because I had a, you know, in that business, if you kind of have agents and stuff, you can get residual income and you make some money enough to live. Right. So fast forward, you know, I'm, I'm here thinking about wholesaling. Right. And then I'm thinking about, I'm leaving this. So I take my wife to this dinner and where I'm like, Hey, uh, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to start selling paper, essentially wholesaling real estate. I had to explain this to my wife, even though I've never done a deal. So she's like, okay, well, you're gonna have to do it. You know, she was really supportive, but she was like, you know, we both agreed that I would do it on my off time, whatever time that was. I say, did you even have (laughs) off time boat? Like, I don't even know how that was possible. No, it wasn't. Uh, So what I did was I would sell insurance in the daytime and I would go when I started, I would put out bandit signs uh-huh. at nighttime, like, like a true bandit. And um, <laughs> so, <laughs> it was so funny. I would work all day long, go put out bandit signs. And I even, one time my wife locked me out uh, of the of the apartment. I had to sleep late outside the house until she woke, realized I wasn't at home. And then she <laughs> but, came and found so me not, outside. And then she coincidentally said, oh, that wasn't by design, wink, wink. Yeah, I was, absolutely. I'm laying outside <laughs> sleeping. And, uh, but, so I signed up, right, for the wholesaling Inc. And, I was, I got really scared because I'm thinking, okay, I have a stable income. You know, it's hard. I hate it, but at least it's here. You know, I had so much instability and mentally and emotionally, like I went through so much with my son. I was just thinking, I don't know if I can handle this. I don't know if I can actually do it because it's going to take, you know, a lot of work. And if I fail, you know, I'm responsible for that failure. Bro, these are big feelings. And big emotions that each one of us face. As you're saying this, I'm sitting there and listening saying, I bet there's a lot of individuals listening to this podcast right now that can say, I felt the same way. I'm here listening to you say this right now. And I'm like, oh my goodness, like 
me and Bo are the same person. I felt much the same way. By the way, I was in insurance, and I know you know this, but maybe a lot of the world didn't know this. I was in insurance as well. Mine was on the auto and home side, but it was getting to be where it's finally getting to be okay. I was never making the money you were making, but it was getting to the point where I still question. I'm like, oh, but can I do this? Can I do this? So I know this is resonating with so many people because it's not easy. Entrepreneurship is not easy. Wholesaling is not just something you just turn on and it's magic and it just starts coming in. I mean, these are real fears, real pains that many of us face. Oh man, like I still, you know, still just being an entrepreneur is just the thought in general. If I'm being really honest, it is, you know, there's a saying that says, you know, if it's to be, it's up to me. You know, it is nobody else's responsibility. You know, if you're going to take if, you, if anybody's going to take credit for success, you must take credit for failures. I, I was like, that scared me. Just the idea of that scared me because in insurance, you kind of, you work and you, over time, you still are getting paid for not doing anything, you know, in the active moment. Right. Well, and you had a lot yeah. on your plate. I mean, you yes, mentioned yes. a million, over a million dollars in medical bills. Like that's not a, that's not an easy, that thing, that's not easy pill to swallow. Yeah. I still deal with that to, to this day. Like I, you know, looking back, you know, I mean, I, I, we ended up, to make a long story short, we ended up getting on Medicaid and Medicare and all that kind of crazy stuff to help cover some of that, you know, thank God for some of those benefits because that's not really doable. And, you know, if I could go back, you know, I'm not sure what, what I would do, but it was, a, it was a really crazy time emotionally for me. So when I made that phone call to be like, you know, hey, I don't think this is for me, I was really just afraid of change. It was, it was crazy. It was very hard for me to make the change of just, you know, I'm going to walk away from everything. And not only did I walk away from money and I walked away from all my friends, everything that I knew, because it was like a club, like sure. that we hung out all the sure. time. You know, all my friends, I walked away from everybody. Now I have no friends. I didn't know people. I'm literally just, I come home to my family, which is great. But at the same time, there's no camaraderie in the sense of me hanging out with people and, you know, giving the good old boy, you're doing a good job type deal. Right. Here's something interesting. I've not even heard this story. This is now first story to me. Like we've talked a few times and I've never heard this story. This backstory is something I wish I would have understood even more. But I do remember, Bo, like it was yesterday. I can tell you it's something's crazy about my mind. You're probably the same person. It's I can specifically tell you where I was standing when you called me in and you called up and you're like, Cody, wholesaling's not for me. And you were ready to throw in the towel. You were wanting a refund. And you're like, listen, I don't think this is free. I'm not going to do it. And I was in my backyard. And I remember just being touched by your story. But for whatever reason, I also felt, no, man, Bo's got this, got this, he's got this, he's got this. I got to talk to Bo. He's got this. And maybe it was the tie that you were in insurance and I was in insurance that I was like, Bo, you're not happy. And that's not going to change. Like moving forward, you're still going to be unhappy. But I remember this call like it was yesterday. You were ready to be done. Like you were like, this is not for me. It's not going to work. What on your side took place to keep you moving forward? Because I'd like to say like, oh, we had a great conversation, but there's something unique about what you had to do to still move forward after that phone call. Yeah, I mean, it, I will say, I mean, it wasn't like some magical conversation. You know, if I'm being right. like really honest, you know, it wasn't be like I felt like oh magic, you know, and oh, <laughs> you know, it wasn't like that. You know, it was I felt encouraged, but at the same time, encouragement is only can go so far when you're facing reality, right? You know, you can be encouraged so much and be so motivated, 
but you have to be disciplined enough. You know, motivation will fade, but discipline will last forever. That's right. right? So I had to look at my son and say, and my family, and realize that I didn't like where I was. I really had, I hated going up to waking up to go to work every day. I couldn't stand it. And that I truly believed the stories that people were actually making real money. And I was thinking, you know, I know that I can do this. And that, you know, here's one thing I think is it was a mindset shift for me was that I already had felt like I had lost everything emotionally. Like you would never, someone would never see me and say, hey, this guy's anxious or depressed or gone through those. And I never had had those emotions ever in my life. And that was the first time I ever had struggled with anxiety to the fact of, man, (laughs) if I'm being real brutally honest, man, to the fact of where I was, I've almost had to have a plane land because of a panic attack and anxiety. And I was the kind of a person where wow. I couldn't even barely get off of out of bed sometimes because I was so afraid that maybe what if I lost my family and my son or something crazy happened? You know, all the irrational thoughts that go through that kind of a mental state, right? Sure. No, there's lots of thoughts, you know, irrational things. So I was thinking, man, what if this happens and this happens and this happens? So I kind of pulled it together and was thinking, well, you know what? I've already sat in the hospital room and the doctors have told me everything that could go wrong with my son and all this kind of stuff. Mentally, I really can't get more beat down than I already am. You know, so what's the worst case scenario? You know, what is the worst case scenario? If I fail, what is the worst thing that could happen to me? Like, I'm not going to get in more debt. You know, like, who cares what if you're, <laughs> you're like, I'm, a, I'm already over a million in that. Let's just, let's <laughs> yeah. roll, baby. Like for me, if I was just thinking, you know, like, okay, I'm a million dollars in debt. Well, if you get a million and $25,000 in debt or a million and $50,000 in debt, it, it doesn't matter at that level. But for me, I was like, I just, I don't care. What if I go live with my parents? I already live in an apartment. My dad, mom is nice. My, my parents are great. My in-laws are awesome. I know they would let me live with them. You know, I'm, it's not going to get worse, you know, financially. I could always go back to selling insurance. So for me, I started there. I was like, you know, I'm not going to get beat down emotionally anymore. Like I'll always have my family. My people love me, my, my wife and my kids, they support me. So for me, I was, the decision was if I failed, it wouldn't be that far of a fall. That was my thought. You was were that. already at rock bottom and uh, we hear it from Tom a lot. Rock is the firmest foundation to start from in the first place. So you're at rock 100%. bottom and it's like, now it's a firm foundation to start rebuilding this new life. Yeah. So for me, I was just like, well, you know, I don't like the, really the people I work with that much. So, <laughs> I mean, like, if I'm being honest, I'm like, well, I don't already have friends, so might as well. You know, so that was, that was, I went through these crazy emotions. Then pretty soon we had the conversation and then I'm like back to like, well, I guess I'm not getting a refund. So might as well go wholesale a freaking house. <laughs> well, Bo, here's the good thing. So not long after this phone call though, like once this phone call took place, it wasn't long because you yeah. had that mindset shift because you had this yep. like, you know what? I'm all in attitude. At this point, you'd let all the fear go and it's like, I'm just going. It wasn't long after that phone call that within little time, Very your little time. wholesaling business blew up. And then I was calling you saying like, what the heck just took place? Like last week was refund. This week, it's like, you're already a rock star and you're already doing consistent deals. What did that look like for you? And why do you feel like that took place? So all of it, I guess I'll say all of it, you know, all of it is, is a mindset thing. So you either are going to do it or you're not. There's no like middle ground. Maybe I might do it. It's like you either do it or you don't. Who else is responsible for your success? I'm not, I'm not responsible for your success and you're not responsible for my success. 
like I'm responsible for me. So I got to start paying bills. And you know, if you want to make money, go make it. So I would work all day long and I would cook, would go put up my bandit signs. Uh, and at the time in our city, there was not people, the real people were really putting out bandit signs. So I, I chose that route. I'm not saying that's the best route to do, but at the time it worked at the moment, you know, in our, in the cycle, right? <laughs> Except for when you put uh, the wrong message on it. <laughs> Hey, you know what's so crazy? I made $40,000 off that sign. <laughs> Maybe briefly high level, tell them what, that, what I mean by this. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> at the beginning of my career, I, as you can see, I don't really take myself too seriously because overall my whole life, right, I can't take stuff serious that's not really serious. So <laughs> in the grand scheme of life. So I'm a, more of a joker, actually. So anyways, uh, we digress. <laughs> uh, one, one of the... Uh, things that I was doing bandit signs and I was doing quite a bit of them. And I had this really good bandit sign person in town that I got bandit signs for really cheap. And I would send over my artwork to the girl and she would send me proofs back and she would print them, you know, yada, yada. Well, we had gone back and forth and she misprinted a sign even after the proof. And so I, my bandit signs- Not just a sign, multiple signs, right? All of my signs, all of my signs. And so my signs would say my phone number, and then it would say 24-hour recorded message, just so people would call middle of the night. But anyways, she misprinted the word message, and it said massage. <laughs> it says a 24-hour recorded massage. <laughs> and I was sitting there, and I'm putting out, I'm putting the stakes in the bandit signs, and my wife walks by while I'm doing this, and she jokingly says, "You're not going to put those out, are you? There's a typo." And I said, "Don't be dumb." You know, I, you know, I'm like, I just my thought is like, I just spent money on these. This is don't be silly like that. I'm gonna, you know, don't scare me. And she was like, "No, for real." And no, I really, can you it. read? <laughs> and I look at it and I'm like, "Oh my word!" It says massage. And after she gets up off the ground, you know, laughing at me, she's like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I'm putting these out. I'm putting these out. I spent money on these. I'll buy a house and give a free massage. (laughs) I did it. And you wouldn't believe like all of the amazing, funny messages that I got from local investors in town. But I ended up getting one call that we actually closed the deal. I made 20 grand. And then we ended up re-wholesaling it from that person who bought it to somebody else because he said, I don't want this house anymore. So I ended up re-wholesaling it to somebody else. And it, it, the total amount of from contract to the end to close was $40,000. Wow. And the wow. end story is this, is that you can't mess up a motivated seller, right? So, so true. That is one gold nugget to each of you listening to this podcast right now. You cannot mess up a motivated seller. Write that down in the biggest, boldest words all over your house. You cannot mess up a motivated seller. Free massage, and it still turned into 40K. (laughs) I still have two of those signs today, and I'll never get rid of them. (laughs) You're right. These aren't going out, baby. This is going in my garage on the wall. 100%. I'm going to post it in my office. (laughs) What did that look like there? After you start this turn, this whole mindset, this whole mental breakthrough, you finally get to the point where you're consistently doing deals. You have fun with some awful messaging that still works in your favor. And then going forward, now we've done over 200 plus deals. This is no longer a job. This is a business. This is something that is turning into your 
lifestyle, turning into life on your terms, living life the way you want to live it. What does that look like? When you do this many deals, what does a day look like to you? I'm, I know it's not lacking work or all of a sudden you just give up and you don't have to work anymore, but what did that do for you with like time with your family or the things that you really wanted in life as you got bigger in wholesaling? Well, you know, I, I think that, you know, the reason I am the way I am is I, I chose to be a family guy, right? It's like a lot of people have no idea who I am and maybe some people do. Stay at home and be with my family and take trips and kind of just be low key, right? I'm never going to be the guy who is talking and teaching. You know, I thought I was for a little while, but then I realized I wasn't, you know, I, I didn't want to teach first deal, <laughs> you know, so kudos to Tom for teaching first deal, because that is something I don't want to do. The amount of questions that you get about what lists and absentees and vacants, it's like, I can't do it. Yeah, I can't I do it I, anymore. I can't do it. <laughs> oh God. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, yes, I'm a coach. I'm going to do this. And I'm going to blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh my God, no way. So I chose just to be a, a low key family guy and just like we talk about barbecue, you know, the stuff that is the most important to us as as parents and husbands and and fathers, you know, the, that kind of stuff, and to create a good home life for my family. Because, you know, at one point, I, and I I still feel these emotions sometimes. Is, you know, you when you feel fear, you know, that you want to protect from that. And I think that's all of our instincts is to protect our family. So for me, I like spending time with my family, and I really have enjoyed that. So it, you know, in the real estate market has changed a lot in the last three years. A lot, at least uh, the way people market and the yeah. way people get deals, and uh, with a lot of technology changes, it's been. Uh, you have to always be adapting There's to a key to change. Point. Write down, Rhino Nation. Write this down. Being willing to adapt. There are shifts, and it's not to say that it's a dead market. Are you still doing deals today? Oh yeah, but yeah, is absolutely. it a little bit different? Is there little nuances that make it a little bit different than when you began? Yeah, you know, absolutely. There's going to be this. There's change, and there's change on the seller side. There's change on the buyer side, and a lot of just the market shifts. And uh, the when the market changes, a lot of times what happens is that you know in sales, this is sales 101. I think is that when when something changes, you know, like we have like a hot market, and what the hot market does it creates sellers that are geniuses, right? And so you have these sellers, and I say that flippantly, is that you have these sellers who say, well, man, this house is worth so much money. Well, that may be true one week. And like, remember 08, what happened in 08? You wake up one day and everything is worth nothing. That's right. Right? So what happens is it takes, there's a period of time and it's like a, a gap. And that gap may be six months, maybe a year between when the sellers actually catch up to reality. And if you're not prepared for that gap, meaning that you know the right buyers and that you have that side of your business all locked up and really you're smart and you've been diligent, that gap could hurt you from when you act, you have to educate your sellers back to, hey, you know, your house isn't worth that much. I need to buy it for X. So the market is always shifting into a place of where you have to work on your business to work with your buyers and buyers are changing. They're not flipping anymore. They're buying and holding. They're not doing lease options and now they're wholesaling. And, you know, all that is always changing. So you you always have to be adapting to that change. And a lot of those over a period of time is very minuscule changes, but over a big time, it is a big change. You know, it's 1% a day, you know, you're always changing and talking to people. So, so it's, you know, you may be cold calling one day and doing direct mail the next and, you know, you never know. You just always have to uh, stay on, stay on the times and, and keep changing. And if you're talking to sellers, then you're probably going to win. This reminds me of the, have you read the book? Is it, I think it's called Who Moved My Cheese? Oh yeah. And it's great. Excellent book, man. Great analogy is what you're saying right here. It's like, 
if we just continue to sit there and do what we've always done, we'll always get what we've always got. But we learn from so many people what got us here may not necessarily get us there. And the cheese is always moving. And are you going to be the guy that goes and finds the cheese and moves with the cheese? Or are you going to be the one that sits there and waits for the cheese to come back? Because the cheese may never come back. And that's when the business dies. A hundred percent. You know, it's like when I first started cold calling our business, there was no one cold calling in our market because I was pretty much one of the only wholesalers that was doing active marketing. In our, right. in our market. That's right. And so when I started cold calling, man, it was like shooting fish in a barrel. <laughs> it was so easy. And I would call people and they'd be like, hey, buddy, how you doing? Yeah, sure. I'll sell you my house. You know, I mean, it was easy. Now, I mean, I can count 10 people in my market who have probably signed up from Wholesaling Inc. who are currently cold calling or doing some kind of ninja tactics in our market trying to get sellers. Yep. So the adapting to to the marketing and, and the system is you always have to adapt. So it does right. change. But I'm, I'm still doing deals. I mean, I'm doing a deal right now that I just can't believe is even still there. And I don't even know how that happens. You well, know, that's, that's what's amazing about the market. One thing I like about you that I always see, and I can just see it just when you're even talking about, again, this sounds like a joke when I say this, but like even when you're talking about barbecue, you do something different than everyone else. And so I can only imagine when it comes to wholesaling, you're always trying to innovate new ways to just differentiate yourself. Yes, the market still works. Yes, finding deals is still there. It's just how do you differentiate yourself from all the other ones that are out there doing it as well? Yeah, you know, so number one, you have to have the mindset that don't let anybody ever convince you if you're trying to get into this business that there will be no deals. That is a lie. There will always be deals in the real estate market, whether or not you're cold calling to get them or doing direct mail or Facebook or texting people or you're having to go door to door. There will always be real estate deals. So that is just that's going to be there, you know, whether it's cheap or you're having to pay more. There will always be that. So even if there's competition, so to speak, there will always be doing deals. Somebody's doing deals. I met with a landlord today and he's probably one of the biggest landlords in our city. And he's like, man, there's tons of deals everywhere. You know, and I'm just like, wow, you know, it's just amazing. But like the the evolution of our, our business has gone from just being, you know, the local guy just doing bandit signs to the growth of I, I ended up going big brand and I ended up branding to Simply Sold, which is uh, the brand that I currently have for my sellers, uh, simplysold.com and something that I'm in the process of building. And I, I'm really enjoying that side of the business. And then my fun brand currently is uh, is called the House Buying Guy. You know, it's housebuyingguy.com. I'm working on that. And we're going to do shirts and all that cool stuff, man, just to kind of let people know what you're doing. And it's just kind of the concept of of talking to people. It's the same concept. You always want to be, whether you're aware of what you do, and let people know that, hey, I'm in business to buy houses. I can't, I'm wearing the shirt right now. Everywhere I go, people, they'll either walk by me and just say house buying guy, or they'll ask me if I actually buy houses. You know, it's just, it's the concept of always talk to people, never turn it off. You have to do that in this information marketplace. You have to let people know. Show your passion in it. That's a yeah. I think that's a mix between some of the things I've heard from even uh, as times and when I've learned from like Dean Graziosi, or even when you hear from like Gary V. It's like you have got to obsess about it. You can't just play small. You've got to play big. You've got to go out. Everyone's got to know what you're doing. And those are the things. Those little small things create those big results. Absolutely, man. You gotta. 
it's as simple as like the house buying guy shirt, you know? So I have housebuyingguy.com and uh, I want to have even a, I, I was talking to our buddy Trevor Mock the other day uh-huh. about this and we're talking about the shirt and I was like, you know, what would be cool is to have a, get people on in these shirts and see if they can make 10 grand just from wearing a shirt. And I know it's possible. So it's just the concept of just of always marketing, whether it's a t-shirt or you're cold calling people. It doesn't matter. You just have to be talking to somebody. I love it. I love it. Well, Bo, this was the first time I've heard this full story. And I want to thank you for sharing this story. I know that was something that took you getting vulnerable and sharing something that you haven't publicly shared before. So I appreciate you taking the time to do this because that made me gain that much more love and respect for you that I already had. But again, I wasn't even aware of these stories. So the fact that you you shared this to now thousands of listeners all across this great nation, I know it will also help individuals that might be experiencing those same feelings, experiencing the same troubles and trials in their life. And it will also give them that hope, give them that inspiration, that motivation that they can do it too. So I appreciate you doing that and taking time out of your busy day to make sure that you could share this message with people today. Oh man, absolutely. And I'm really happy to do it. And you know, I, I remember, and I still, I'm a normal guy, right? I'm just the guy in the backyard doing barbecue. Wholesaling is my side gig. So I understand, (laughs) I understand how people, you know, you're listening to this podcast. Maybe this is your millionth time listening to the whole wholesaling ink podcast like I I was, you know. I mean I'm convinced that if people will just do the work, right? It's as simple as that. It's just that's I should put that on a shirt, right? Do the work. <laughs> do the work, baby. <laughs> you know, just do the work and talk to people. You're you're gonna get out there, you make some money, you make some mistakes. You end up building something for yourself. You know, my life looks drastically different now. It's it's crazy, you know, how much different my life looks. You know, I mean, I have a, I, I live in a different house. I have my own home. You know, I live in the area of the city where I want to live. You know, I choose what I want to do. You know, I just get off, go to trips with my family. You know, so it's kind of a, and I'm not getting paid to say this stuff. Like, I don't, this is just the way I live my life. You know, if you love it, Cody, if you want to come over and do some barbecue with me. Let's I'm do it. Let's do it. Louisville you style. Know? See, you know I what? Do, I was talking. I do the cheating style. style. I have a Traeger. Mine just feeds it itself. You do like the one that takes a little more prep, a little more art. Mine's like the the knockdown version of the Traeger. I just turn it on, it starts smoking, it feeds the pellets for me. <laughs> you know what, man, those are that's a that's a big deal. Those kind of little uh, you know, Traegers are serious. You know, there's a lot of serious barbecue guys <laughs> using Traegers. So And now uh, on to barbecue101.com where I got Bo Hollis, our master chef. <laughs> you know, you know so I actually owned bonosbarbecue.com. And <laughs> you know, just to uh I love to do barbecue and you know I thought about doing like a little mini mastermind at my house, barbecue and a real estate. Listen to this guy. So this fun, guy right? has got every shirt and every dot com. If you are not buying your dot coms, it is a good chance you're gonna lose it to Mr. Yep. Mo Hollis. This guy's got it. You always have to be thinking. You gotta be thinking about this kind of stuff, man. We're in an information marketplace. You gotta go online. It's, it's fun. Well, Bo, but man, this is this. a good business. It is a great business. And I always, we always like to end the show with two questions. First and foremost, mm-hmm. I'm excited about this, is what is a good book recently you read that's been game-changing? Whether it's been mindset, and it doesn't have to be real estate-based, just a game-changing book that you read that you would share with the audience. 
Oh, that's a great question. So I am I am an avid reader. I do enjoy books, and I'm always buying something on uh, some level of audiobook or something like that. Okay, so my favorite book of all time uh, would be QBQ by John G. Miller, called The Question Behind the Question, QBQ by John G. Miller. Uh, definitely, it's a book about personal responsibility and accountability in your own life, taking responsibility personally for your own actions. Like when I talk about that, I get a lot of that from John G. Miller. And I've read that book since I was probably 16 or 17 years old. Excellent, excellent book. And then uh, another one would be, I'll give two, uh, Free to Focus by Michael Hyatt. I really like him. He's an awesome guy. Yes. Michael Hyatt? Yes. Oh, I got to give one more. I got to give one more here. Okay. there? What's the third book? This is my favorite book, even over all of those, right? Is The Road Less Stupid by Keith Cunningham. That is the guy that works with Tony Robbins, right? I believe so. Keith J. Cunningham, The Road Less Stupid. Definitely my best read of the year. Okay. So good. Second question. You ready? I'm ready. Knowing what you know now, hindsight's usually 2020 or pretty dang close. Knowing what you know now, what would you have done differently starting over? Oh, that's a good question. Or um, what would you have done the same? Uh, I would. I'm happy where I'm at. You know, as far as overall, I'm happy where I'm at. What I would say is when you get success, when success comes in your life, whatever success looks like for you, whether it's monetary or you, you know, change your address, uh, a lot of times you become uh, wise in your own eyes. And when that happens, there's a lot of potential to add things onto your plate that shouldn't be on your plate. And when that happens... Then you start getting very distracted and you start doing things and spending money in areas that you shouldn't be spending your money. Example, hey, I'm a great wholesaler. I'm probably going to be a great flipper. And if you go down that road, A, you need to have really deep pockets because you're going to lose money because your wholesaling business is going to stink or you're just going to lose it altogether. So stay laser focused on one thing. If you think that you have the best people on your side and your team, more than likely, if you take your focus off of one thing to put it on another and you have to straddle the fence, so to speak, it can be a very, very deadly place in business. And you can really leverage yourself out emotionally, financially, and many other areas. So I would tell myself to stay focused and don't let anybody tell me otherwise. And until you get your business to where it is a legit business, meaning that oh, not that you're just absent, not absentee, you know, but where you can work from your phone, talk to your team, find out what's going on. I would never Brilliant. think about doing something else. Brilliant, man. Great, great advice. Bo Hollis, once again, thank you so much for sharing the story. Rhino Nation has been blessed to hear this, and I know it's going to resonate with so many people. So keep going out there and keep inspiring individuals, motivating individuals, because I know there's a lot of people that are going to be watching here going forward because your story connected with them. So thank you again so much. Thanks, Cody. Rhino Nation, this has been an incredible, incredible episode by an individual that got vulnerable and shared his story for many of us the first time. And it lets you know that each one of you, you can do it. We all have our trials. We all have our challenges, and they're all unique to us. But if you will stick to Bo's message, staying laser focused on one thing, pushing through those pains, those fears, those real trials and challenges, over a million dollars in debt, guys, 
but he found a way to still push forward and now lives the life that he wanted to live, is able to have the time he wants with his family, able to go on the vacations that he wants to go on because he moved forward and made the uncomfortable choice. To each of you listening, thank you for joining us today. Download this and listen to it over and over again and take massive imperfect action so you can get one step closer to your next deal. If you need help building your wholesaling business, go over to wholesalinginc.com. That's wholesalinginc.com where you can book a call to someone on our team and begin a conversation to see if it is a good fit. Take care, guys, and I'll see you on the next episode. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at InvestorGrit.com by joining the mailing list, as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.